0: So the next time you're in Antarctica and you're on the Antarctic Peninsula, you know, like you do, make sure that you drop by Deception Island because that is one of the most remote geocaches in the world. It's on the south, essentially the South Pole. The only way you can get there is by icebreaker. And the only thing you can do to prove that you've been there, that you to, to fully get this geocache is that you have to take a picture of yourself swimming in Pendulum Cove, which is right there on Deception Island. Apparently there are no lifeguards on duty, and the water is like negative 40. So, anyway, if you've been there already, and you had not had a chance to do this next time you go around, maybe next year, maybe get a t- timeshare down there in Antarctica, make sure you go to Deception Island, Pendulum Cove, take a swim, send me a picture of you going to this remote geocache, and again, I will get you up to $20 gift certificate to the chain restaurant of your choice. Welcome to Geocaching Scripture. This is Josh coming at you from the blanket fort. I apologize that I've been off the airwaves lately, I've been figuring out this COVID quarantine thing and what to do with our kids and all sorts of things, and... It's interesting. We're going to do a little sort of hybrid homeschooling deal. Um, I'll be teaching mostly classes on uh, Bible trivia and um, late 90s pop culture minutia. So I think I think it'll be a good time. I feel like it'll be really well-rounded. Geocaching is that rarefied sport hobby in which you find these places, these little treasures... Uh, in an old hike or a place you've been many times before that that bring you back, bring some treasure hunting and dimension into maybe what is a familiar pathway. And sometimes you can do earth caches, caches which are uh, geocaches in which they don't want to actually leave any materials there on site, so a park or whatever. Um, and an earth cache is a specific picture or something, or a riddle or something that you have to answer to show that you've been there. To me, it's this perfect analogy for how I read scripture as an adult, having been in ministry, having gone to seminary, that I know the scripture very well, at least from the sense that I was essentially born in church. The stories are very familiar to me, and to refine these geocaches of language, cultural situation, tradition, all sorts of things that give it dimension again, that helped me to find a treasure hunt back into what I'm doing. I will not be swimming in Pendulum Bay in Antarctica, but I will go to some particularly strange places in Scripture, especially today. John chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. John answered them, I baptize you with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am unworthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. John chapter 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment, and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill." Very interesting to see location names show up twice in Scripture, especially in the book of John. John is sort of uh, centered on locations, Cana and, other, and Samaria and other places that Jesus went. And he often takes a little aside, you know, and it's it's kind of interesting. It's like listening to like a really old person, who's from somewhere like up here in Wisconsin, tell you a story, you know. Uh, anyway, so we were taking my son out, you know. We was taking him, we was taking him, you know, on on forty one, you know, as we's just going by Menasha, and we went by Oshkosh, and you know, and and all the way the heck clear down to Fond du Lac, you know, and and. They just tell you locations for like no reason at all because they just love saying town names. I may be alone in the way I've heard this, but anyway, John does this, and of course we know the the gospel writers especially never wasted ink, so they never include details without something going on. Um, John chapter one, John the Baptist, in the area of Bethany, is this is a turning point in Jesus's story. Of course, Jesus is coming in and in John, it's a strange philosophical discussion of the Lagos and all these other things and and then it's getting into John, Jesus appearing in his public ministry being baptized by John the Baptist and that is obviously a big deal, a turning point in the story. So it's happening in Bethany and then we get to way, 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 way years later. To Jesus's last sort of public miracle, the raising of Lazarus from the dead, which in which in the way John tells the story seals Jesus's fate with the authorities in Jerusalem, and that they at that point are going to kill him. That sort of, you know, tips it all and changes their minds. So you have these two turning points, one in Bethany beyond the Jordan, and one in Bethany where Lazarus from. Two different places. The, the hitch here, the geocache here that makes this interesting is that Bethany beyond the Jordan is not a place. It's not a thing. There isn't one there. Archaeologists have never been able to find it. There's never been able, they've never been able to get back to it. And so people think, like, wh- what in the world was, was John going for in writing this? What they have found is an area called Betanaya, Betanaya in Aramaic. Betaniah, which is about one letter off in Aramaic from Bethany. So that John actually put that name into his writing to draw the parallel between this and the story of Lazarus. Lazarus. These are kind of bookends of Jesus' public ministry, both happening in places that he calls Bethany, although the first one is Betaniah. And the second one is Bethany itself. So it's very interesting that, that John would move some of these details around in order to tell the story and to frame it in the right way according to an o- overall theme. And that's an important lesson in reading the Gospels because we get so stuck on, on these individual stories, we don't even know where they go. Yeah, there's a woman at the well. Um, there's a good Samaritan. And then um, Jesus dies and he rises from the dead. And then something happens with fish. Like we don't even know where they go. And when you read the Gospels as a whole, when you read them over, you can see the themes that are shooting through them, especially in John, richly, richly braided into what he's doing. Here that he would actually change the name of a place or at least change the pronunciation of a place to give you a hint as to what part it plays in the story when it comes up later. So Bethaniah in John 1 being paralleled with Bethany in John 11. that's very interesting and it's one of those things where we see that Jesus is involved in a story written into our story and it's a story that it is not just something you should read that's boring but once you look deeply at it you can see all these details and beauty that you never could imagine when you first saw it so look close that's your geocache for today one thing I want to play for you my friend Caleb is starting a uh, Christian hip hop station called Clear Hits Radio, clearhitsgb.com, clearhitsgb.com. That's clearhitsgreenbay.com. Um, and I want to play for you as our outro today. Um, his commercial for his radio station is really well put together. The radio station has plenty of fantastic programming. Everyone from Twenty One Pilots to NF to all these awesome hip-hop people that love Jesus and love music. And I just couldn't recommend it highly enough. And I'm putting my dimes and nickels together so I can get a shirt because I think Clear Hits is awesome. I'm going to play it for you now. Pax Humana, cheers. The clear choice for positive hits in hip-hop. Streaming now at clearhitsgb.com Clear Hits Radio